Ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, and some guys, how you doing? Welcome back to That's Entertaining. This week, we get back to Marvel. We expand in our Marvel collection and go into Phase 2. But, first, introductions are in order. I am Nathan, your host, and joined by Justin Pickard. It is I. I'm back again for a lovely uh, number 16. Number 16, man. That's this little thing started 16 weeks ago. It's it's crazy to see it's we're still doing it. A and B that uh, we've come this far. Yeah, we're like um, let's see, I think we're like oh, eight episodes away from having done this for half a year. So, I don't know, we've been doing this for a while now. Yeah. <laughs> what, four, four to five months now? Something like that. I, I think the first episode went up on December 20th, so shortly before that it was recorded. So since December, at least, we've been doing it. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's been going well. Yeah. So. And I do want to, uh, this is going to be obviously not the case when you, dear listener, are listening, but... It is 5.32 a.m. Central Standard Time here at this point, and there is a lunar eclipse happening right now. This is going to be the fastest lunar eclipse on history. So, it's uh, an interesting little factoid. Hopefully, you able were able to get up and enjoy it to see it. Yeah. Otherwise, when you listen to this, you'll be kicking yourself for uh, not knowing about it and uh, getting out to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, uh, without further ado, let's get into the meat of the show with what we've been entertained by. Justin, what you been doing? Well, I think I talked about it last week, but I'm still watching Bloodline on Netflix. Uh, did you have a chance to watch any of that? Uh, not yet. It's it's on my consideration list. I'm not, it's on the list. Um, yep, still working my way through that. I haven't finished it yet. Uh, I've been that show. I've actually been watching along with my wife, so we only watch it when we can watch it together. So it's taking a little bit longer to get through it, but uh, very good show. Like I said last week, I'm still really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, hopefully I'll finish that um, in time uh, for another big release in next week or the week after from Netflix. Oh uh, yes. Yes. April 10th. Uh, April 10th, yes. That's when um, uh, Daredevil comes out on Netflix. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm enjoying this year of uh, Netflix exclusive shows. So No, no. This is not the year of Netflix exclusive shows. This is the year of Star Wars <laughs> with the bonus of Netflix exclusivity. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, it is the... And uh, I, I still have the Star Wars backgrounds going strong at work on my computers. Um, people keep asking me if I'm going to change them. I'm like, no, it's, it's the year of Star Wars. These are, these are staying year-round. <laughs> yeah, I got Darth Vader on my background at work. Um, and I may, I may change it, but not from Star Wars, but to a different Star Wars. Once Episode Seven comes around, maybe we get a screenshot or something I could put up from Episode Seven. Yeah, that, yeah. I'll, I mean, yeah, I'll probably switch, yeah. Because, uh, 
sometimes when I'm bored at work, that tends to be what I do. Is like, you know, I need to refresh my uh, my uh, background. So uh, I'll just look for some Google images. <laughs> uh, but yeah, right now I have like the original Star Wars poster as my background. Cool. Any- anyways, off that tangent. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's all I've really been watching. You know, some other little stuff here and there. Uh, but I got a chance to, I'm still playing through Type-0 HD. Uh, just played a little bit of that this week. Still enjoying that. Uh, I actually haven't really gone back to the Final Fantasy 15 demo. Uh, I think I'm actually going to finish Zero HD and then jump into that. Um, but I did play another Final Fantasy game this week. Ooh. Uh, I played Final Fantasy Record Keeper. <laughs> on, on iOS, record keeper. Yes. Um, so is that the Final Fantasy Taxes version? Yes. Um, what Final it is, is you, uh, G's. you get a bunch of options on your screen, and you choose um, different tax brackets for different um, class job classes. Okay, um, so like I'm showing a mage is the higher bracket, and then you get the the warriors who are a little lower, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, no, uh, this is actually, uh, no, this is actually a pretty cool game. I, I thought so. Uh, it is a free-to-play game, um, and it's from, actually, DNA, who... Ah, the company that's going to be used, working with Nintendo. Yeah, and that's kind of, I, I think I was, like, updating some apps or something on my phone, and bef- I glanced, I just happened to glance and see the name of this game, like, in the new games section or something. So I was like, what's that? I, I thought I thought for sure it was going to be a pick three or something. Uh, <laughs> so, but um, it's actually a turn-based uh, RPG. Cool. And you, it's really weird. You, you actually play, you have a main character, and you, but all of your allies, I think you have four people in your party, are different characters from different games. So, um, and they have everything from, like, Final Fantasy 2 up to Final Fantasy uh, 13. So, uh, I played a few match, or a few uh, battles. Uh, I got Cloud in my party. Uh, I just got, I had just unlocked Titus. Uh, so is this kind of like Kingdom Hearts in a way? Um, maybe in like a weird way, yeah. It is all, it's all sprite um, based. Uh, so, uh, you know, when they do the anything from Final Fantasy 7 and up, they're reducing those characters down to uh, a sprite that looks kind of like Final Fantasy 6 did. Um, but yeah, you unlock new characters and you can level them up as you want. But, uh, I mean, so far, I mean, the combat is very much just a turn-based RPG. And there's leveling up systems, there's limit breaks, there's all that stuff. Uh, and the free-to-play aspect really just seems to be, you can only play so many battles before you have to pay to keep playing. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, but at the same, like, because usually I've, I've played other games like that and it's a huge bummer it's like well what do i do now 
But uh, I played it for, I don't know, probably 45 minutes actually one night. And I hadn't de- I didn't deplete even half of my energy. So it seems to just keep... I mean, I feel like you have to play this thing for a couple hours before uh, it would prompt you to ask for more money. So is it like a... If you want to play it quickly, you can get another battle thing, or is it like a time thing where you can wait eight hours and then get another one uh, to use? Do you know? It's, I think it's like every five minutes you get one energy or something. Uh, so it actually like replenishes fairly quickly. Um, so you're not going to have to wait that long. If you, like, if you did run out of battles, you could probably wait half hour and have plenty of time, like plenty of... Uh, energy again okay so i mean so when it seems like that easy to replenish it it seems like you would like why put that mechanic in there anyways uh get money yeah i mean i guess yeah but i was just glad to see that there wasn't any like in battle currency or anything like that or I i haven't seen uh you can't you can spend money to like they have like um treasure chest you can open every day and you can pay money to open more treasure chests that might have better items and new equipment and magic and stuff so so like you're buying treasure chests or you have them and you have to pay to open them you i guess you buy them yeah i mean you're you're paying for the opportunity to open up treasure chests um, you don't have to like earn the treasure chest in any way. They're just always there. You could open as many as you want. Um, hmm. So yeah, I don't, it's a weird game. Uh, I would suggest it for Final Fantasy fans though, because uh, the music's all there and it's all great. Um, all the you know some of the equipment from the older games. Of course, you know they the first battles you do are like some of the bat, some of the. Uh, first ba- iconic battles from Final Fantasy VII. So you are you're f- like you know, the first wave of battles you end up fight the boss battle is fighting that um, like four legged scorpion thing that you like is your first boss battle in Final Fantasy VII. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So you're actually replaying all of these like boss battles from all these games. So it's just, uh, it's nostalgic, and I like it. Sounds cool. Yeah, so check it out. Uh, And that's about it for games, really. Uh, I did get a chance to try out the Spotify app on the PS4. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they integrated Spotify into PlayStation Music, or whatever they want to call it. And... uh, so I think they label it as PlayStation Music featuring Spotify, but it looks exactly like Spotify. So um, it looks like they just developed this app, and uh, Sony paid for the rights to use it as their own. And uh, it works really well. It's like probably one of the best apps I've ever used on a like video game system. Hmm. Um, I don't know how the... Uh, Xbox One's music apps are, or any, like, I just remember on my 360, like, you could play music, or you could, I mean, you you could go to iHeartRadio or Slacker Radio or 
Xbox radio, but like you, it was hard to get it to work in game, or like you'd have to, you know, with the PS4 and I'm sure the Xbox One where you can kind of run more than one app at a time. That gives the, you know, you can have the spot the music app running, pretty much at all times, and it's super easy to pause it, uh, replay it, skip, and you can also control it from your uh, phone if you have the Spotify app. So I'm, I think it's a pretty cool app. I'm a little bit impressed actually. I'm not gonna use it very often because I stick with video the in-game music usually, but. It's yeah, I was going to ask if you used it while you were playing games, because I, I wouldn't see myself using that in place of the in-game music that's provided. Yeah, I tend to not do that, but uh, it is going to be nice. I, I tend to use my PlayStation as, um, uh, I'll just turn that on to play music when I'm cleaning the house or something, because it's hooked up to the sound bar and stuff, so I can get it pretty loud and... I tend to do that a lot, so that's a good thing to have. Jam out while you're cleaning. Uh, exactly. Yeah, you you gotta you know, get a little uh um. Uh, get a little groove in that stick. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was trying to think of someone cool. That I would be listening to, but for some reason, the only artist that came to mind was Britney Spears. <laughs> and that's not what I listen to, so I don't know what that's all about. So, if I was clearing the house and I was looking for some energy, some motivation, I'd probably listen to James Brown, man. Get on up in that thing! <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, then, I, you know, I could practice some dance moves while I'm cleaning, and... Yeah, it's very true. Huh! Dust uh, the cobble up there! Yeah! <laughs> uh, yeah, that... You're, you know, you're actually, uh... You're making it sound fun, now. You know, usually I see it as a chore, but maybe I need to put a new, uh... New outlook on this uh, activity. Just put a spin on everything, man. Make it look fun, and it is fun. Yes. Uh, so that's it for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll let uh, the soul man himself, uh, I would like to hear what you were entertained by this week. Soul man, huh? Interesting. Well, yeah, well, I mean, well, soul, I don't know. What's James, is that, is that soul music? I don't yeah, I don't know. That's soul, that's soul music. It's not bad. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I haven't been entertained by a whole lot this week. I've been actually pretty busy uh, with housework. Not cleaning, but just getting the house put together. And uh, we've got a few projects in the house, like bathrooms and kitchen uh, and other things. We're wanting to hopefully put the house on the market in the next uh, month. So... We've been working on the house, just trying to get it ready to sell. So, that's what I've been entertained by mostly. However, I did fit in uh, an episode of the, of the Flash that I wanted to talk about. And you don't you don't watch the show, do you? Uh, no, I've, I've seen it. It looks interesting, but uh, yeah, it's hard to keep up on all those shows. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I do think that, honestly, the Flash is my favorite of the superhero type shows out right now. Um, you know, I watch Gotham and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and The Flash. I haven't been keeping up with Arrow, um, but The Flash is really good. And this week they had a special guest star, Mark Hamill. 
of course, we know him as Luke Skywalker, or the voice of the Joker in Batman the Animated Series. But he also played the trickster in The Flash back in, I think it was the 90s or the 80s when they had the, the Flash TV show then. So he was reprising his role as the trickster in The Flash this past week, and it was really good. Uh, it was it was kind of nice just to see him uh, in an acting role, in a prominent acting role before Episode 7, obviously. And he uh, had <laughs> did, did a little quote from the Star Wars uh, Empire Strikes Back at one point in the show that uh, I don't know <laughs> if it was a groaner or if it was just what, but it was interesting. And I'm not going to spoil it or anything, but he quoted the Empire Strikes Back at one point, so I, I enjoyed that. And uh, I thought it was pretty, uh, it was a good episode altogether, so enjoyed it. You need to watch that show. That is actually a really good show. Yeah, I think. I mean, uh, I'm I'm pretty positive it'll probably be on Netflix next year because uh, Arrow's on Netflix. Uh huh. So I I'll probably just um, get a chance to watch. The, I hope, I'll wait until the whole season's out. Um, but uh, they've had a pretty long season, haven't they? Um. I feel like it's been on for a while now. Eh, I, I a few episodes. Was, maybe there was a break in there or something that I'm think that I'm missing. But because uh, I remember watching the first like one first or first and second episodes. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'll what, probably wait until the whole season comes out, and I will definitely watch that show. Yeah, it's it's good. There there have been a few weak episodes, but for the most part, they've been pretty strong. Good storyline throughout. Uh, so, been entertained by that on the TV side of things. Movie side of things, on Thursday night, my wife and I went and saw Furious 7 at the IMAX here in Peoria. Ooh. Um, real, real quick, I'm going to stop you there. You said you you went with your wife. Uh-huh. Um, is your, does your wife usually enjoy, like, like action movies? <laughs> She's not a huge fan of the action movie genre, but okay. she accompanies me if I ask her. Okay, I was I was just curious um, because uh, I I can't wait to hear what you have to say about Furious Seven, um, but I did get uh, my wife to watch Furious Six with me last night, um, and it took a lot of convincing. What and, did she uh, think? Well, she fell asleep, so. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure if that's just from her being tired from work or. Uh, the movie, she she had one comment to say earlier in the movie, and that was that she thought the movie was made by a bunch of teenagers. Um, and this was her point was that some of the dialogue can be a little like super cliche, but then there's all these awesome action and explosions and everything, so it just seemed like someone gave a bunch of like teenage boys millions and millions of dollars to make uh, the kind of movie they would make. Uh-huh. Uh, and I thought that was a funny uh, way to look at it, but I think she enjoyed it a little bit. But we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm working on her to go with me to the Furious 7 movie. I'll just say this. If she didn't enjoy Furious 6, there's no way she'll enjoy Furious 7. I have heard that. That... <laughs> Um, it's kind of more of the same. 
Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's two hours and nine minutes, I think. And there comes a point where you, it feels like it's going long. It went long. Uh, there are a lot of locations they travel to, which is cool. Um, and there's a lot of great stunts uh, and a lot of good visual cues and things that are in there. Uh, soundtrack was pretty decent. Um, it ties into all the movies that were before it. So it ties into Tokyo Drift and all the other Fast and Furious movies. This is the first real sequel since Tokyo Drift, uh, just to keep you give you some perspective there. So I... It's hard to say if I would recommend the movie, honestly. I've seen it once in theaters. I won't be seeing it again in theaters, but I'll probably buy the Blu-ray when it comes out because I have the rest of them. i got to complete my collection. So it's one of those movies where... It's a good popcorn flick. You want to shut off your mind and watch an action movie. It's the sheer definition of that. It's an enjoyable ride. Gets a little crazy, a little ridiculous at points, but it's not bad. Yeah, um, I mean, I knew the series is going in that direction for, I think, since probably number four. Because um, I think four was like the first one where they introduced like them just doing bigger and better stunts, like crazier stuff. And then, like, you know, then Fast Five and Fast Six seemed absolutely insane. And I've heard that Seven is just more of that, you know, even crazier yeah. stuff. Um, so, but I feel like Six had a decent balance, like, where it didn't seem absolutely insane that of the things they were doing. Um, but, so I don't know if they needed to keep going in that direction or if they could have like kind of stayed where they were at. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do want to see this in theaters cause I think I'll probably enjoy it more as, yeah, as a popcorn flick to just sit back and watch it. And, um, yeah, but we'll see, we'll see if I, uh, am able to check that out in theaters. Yeah, and I do have to say my enjoyment of it was dampened a little bit by some kids that were talking behind me. So I don't know that that may have a little bit of a yeah. impact on my view of this of the movie as a whole. That is uh, that's really unfortunate, especially when you're um, going to an IMAX movie of all. I mean, because those those tickets aren't cheap. Like you and you pay to have an amazing experience with IMAX, mm-hmm. and to have you know some snot-nosed kid behind you uh ruining it for you is not cool yeah do you do do that i I do because i'm not a confrontational guy at all but i've had this in movie theaters specifically where yeah people are being annoying and all i do is i'll I'll non-stop just keep i'll turn around really slowly and stare (laughs) and turn around i'll do it and they'll see me do it and usually it takes a couple times but eventually they like get the hint yeah Uh, i i did that a couple times during the movie yeah, but some, I mean, if it's, you know, if they're teenagers, they probably really don't care what you think, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I did the turnaround to the little cold stare a couple times, but, yeah, I don't think it had much of an effect on the kids. They just kept talking anyway. Yeah. Maybe you should have started, like, just um, a big, giant movie theater brawl for <laughs> some teenagers. That would have been funny. Um, but, yeah, it was... Uh, 
it was a good movie experience if you're looking to get out to the theaters and just want to see something that should be uh, a decent choice right now. Uh, if you do go out to see the movies, I wouldn't, I would like to know what you thought of Furious 7, honestly. Um, hit me up on Twitter, at Sith Nightmare. We can do some discussions on our viewpoints. I don't want to do any spoiler talk right now. Obviously, that's not the forum for that. Um, but hit me up on Twitter. Let's talk. Because when we walked out, we went to the 7 o'clock show on Thursday night, and then the 10 o'clock show was queuing up in the line to go in the theater, and the, the line was pretty long to get in, so it'll probably be a pretty good box office for it this weekend. I feel like it's been a while since there's been a, a, a good movie to go see in the theater. Uh, yeah, and I don't think there's really much else, you know, like too significant coming out this week, so... Um... Yeah, I think it'll be a big hit. Yep. So, other than that, uh, I haven't really played any games or anything this past week that are of note. Um, if I did anything, I think it was probably just a little hop on Forza Horizon 2 or something, but yeah, not much for me. Um, I do have an Amiibo update. Uh-oh. And this may be the last Amiibo update. So, <laughs> I feel that Nintendo has jumped the shark with these Amiibos, right? I feel like they've, they don't know how to manage their supply the, to the demand. They're making bottlenecks with all these new retail exclusive stuff. They're reissuing figures that, or characters that have already been out. I'm done. I'm not collecting anymore. I am going to go ahead and... I don't know if I... I haven't decided if I'm going to sell what I have or just say that I collected Waves 1 through 3 and then just stopped. But, yeah, I'm I'm out of the Amiibo collecting game. I've gotten most of the figures from the Super Smash Brothers that were out. Uh, I know that they've announced a few more coming uh, soon, but I, I honestly don't care anymore. I have my Marth figure that's opened, um, I have another figure that I may open from the bunch that I have that's packaged, but other than that, I'm, I'm not enthralled anymore. I'm done. Yeah, they seem to kind of, they, they cannot, yeah, they don't have enough, uh, figures, so they keep bottlenecking everything, and yeah, the, but then re-releasing, st- uh, certain characters and stuff, and like, but different poses or stuff, that stuff's kind of weird, and like, it kind of ruins all the fun people had with the first wave. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't, maybe it's not fun. I mean, cause these aren't collectibles. They're just, you know, figures. They're they're not meant to be collectibles. And, but they ended up that way because of the d- high demand and short supply. Yeah. And I, I don't know if the best move is to just make more. Um because I feel like they got a lot of, like, I don't think it was bad press for, ha- like, not having enough supply. Because you look at every major gaming site or something, they're posting about Amiibo and where to get Amiibos and stuff. And well, GameStop server shut down or, stuff, you know, stuff like that. Like, they're, they seem to get more press out of bottlenecking this stuff than they do um, if they would have had a big supply but at the same time 
uh, it seems like the last announcements of waves of Amiibo seemed like they kind of opened up the floodgates. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I feel that I'm done collecting them. I, I might get a figure if it's cool. Yeah. But I don't know if I'll do any more. I'm not, I'm not getting every figure anymore. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's always a good, you know, get the ones that you, you know you'll want to see them there every day, you know, because they're very cool, iconic figures or something. Uh-huh. So that's it for me, uh, for being entertained this week. And usually, at this point, we'll go into some news stories. But, you know, this week there wasn't a whole lot of news. There was... Well, there was a lot of misinformation with April 1st that came around, um, <laughs> but there wasn't a whole lot that we really wanted to talk about that, that caught our eye, really. Uh, there is one thing that I wanted to bring up, is that there's a new PS4 that was announced, the Batman Arkham Knight PS4. Yeah, yeah, that thing looks pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, I I went ahead and pre-ordered it from Best Buy at this point. All right. I, I may cancel it. I haven't completely decided, but I figured if I got one, I wanted a limited edition of a PS4 anyway. I didn't just want a plain Jane one. Yeah. I would love to to see them announce a at Celebration or something an exclusive uh, Star Wars console like they did with the PSP. So, oh, okay. yep. Because you know when Battlefront came out for the PSP, they had an exclusive white uh, PSP that had Darth Vader on the back. Yeah. I got that, um, but I, I kind of doubt. I don't. I don't see them doing that with uh, a console like that right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure, but that would be cool. But the the new f- console that was announced for the PS4 for Arkham Knight, I think it's fifty bucks more than the traditional console. Um, it's a different color. It's, I think they call it a steel gray mm-hmm. color. And it comes with Arkham Knight, the game. So that's what you get for four fifty, which isn't a bad deal. So you, yeah. you pretty much get ten bucks off the game and a cool um, looking console. Mm-hmm. The controller also matches the color scheme, so that's that's nice. Uh, and they do have a bundle that will have Arkham Knight just by itself uh, for four hundred bucks. That's black, so it's a black PS4 like you can buy now off the shelf, but it comes with Arkham Knight for the same price you can buy it today. So oh okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, not that was kind of news, but kind of also, hey, I pre-ordered a PS4 again just to <laughs> see what happened. Anyway, but Justin, what do you say we talk about something instead of uh, go across the news that we would usually do? Let's just let's discuss something. What do you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I've 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 had this question uh, actually queued up for a little while. I wanted to talk to you about it. Uh, because I've run into some issues and stuff. I wanted to ask you, um, so Xbox achievements and uh, Sony trophies, do you think they ruin the game experience at all, or do you think they are beneficial or expand on the game experience? Um, and I, I, I'll give you my where I'm coming from, why I even have this question. Uh, and I'll name one game in particular. Um, the Last of Us. The Last of Us to me was like 
I mean, it, and it probably will be for a while, the best game experience I've had ever. As far as storyline and just being immersed and everything. Um, there are trophies for collectibles in that game. If I was to look for all of the collectibles and like search for them, because I know there's a trophy for them, I know that I would have been taken out of the experience. Because I would have been running around in all the different corners trying to find some shimmering piece of something or another, and I wouldn't be just progressing through the story at that point. And I don't think that's how the game was meant to be played, so that's kind of where I'm coming from about, you know, achievements and trophies. Uh, So I kind of want to hear what you thought about that kind of stuff. So, The Last of Us, for an example. Um, With The Last of Us, when I played through that on PS3, I don't remember a single trophy popping for me until the end of the game. I don't... I didn't go through... So when I play a game, I usually don't look at the achievement list. I play through it, play through the story, beat it. If I enjoy it, then I say, hey, I like this game. Let's look at the achievements, see what I can do, and see if I can get 100% of the achievements. That, it depends on how you look at it, right? So if you look at an achievement as a chore, as something that you want to get, that takes you away from enjoying the story... I can see it being a detraction. However, if you use an achievement for replay, replayability of a game, you go through the story, and then if you enjoy it, you look at the list and say, I can get this and this. This shouldn't be too hard. Go back and play through it and get the collectibles at that point. You've already experienced the story, so there's nothing to, to detract from that experience, right? So... I think that they're a benefit. However, they do become a chore, in my opinion, in multiplayer. So let's say you really enjoy a game, and I'm a single-player guy, so I play most of my games with a single-player experience. And if I want to go through and get all the achievements, there's usually a lot of achievements that are multiplayer-based now, that are play 100 matches as this, win 100 matches, or whatever. And a lot of times it's just busy work to try to get those achievements and it's just not enjoyable. Whereas in a game like Uncharted with the trophies for finding, you know, all the collectibles or a game like, you know, Arkham Origins, Arkham Knight, those types of games that have the the things to find around the city, those are actually enjoyable little hunts. Uh, if, especially if you enjoy the mechanics of the game, uh, I think it adds to it. But they're, they can go overboard in the way they design these achievements, and there's a delicate balance to really getting a good achievement. Uh, recently I did that f- uh, Fast and Furious uh, Forza Horizon 2 standalone DLC. Um, took me, like I said, four hours to get a thousand achievements, and while I was playing the game, I wasn't... Obviously I didn't look at the achievement list, I didn't pay attention to what achievements were uh, for that game. But as I was playing, they kept popping up, and I, I liked to see them pop. I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm getting a lot of achievements. You know, beat a race, get a car, did some different stunts. Un- unknowingly what the achievement criteria were, and just saw them popping. That was nice for that experience. Because uh, it, was, it was a fun little, you know, four-hour thing. And I, I did, after I beat it, there was one achievement that I had to get left. So I looked at the list and, you know, 
figured out what I had to do. So it's it's nice to have the option, uh, but I can see it in a game like The Last of Us, especially where if you get the trophy pop, it could detract from the game experience as a whole because that game is very engrossing, right? The Last of Us, and I appreciate how they did it where. When I played through it, there weren't any pops until the very end for what I did, how I played. So, yeah, I don't know. That was long-winded. It, did it answer your question? <clears throat> yeah, no. I, I, yeah, I wanted to hear your opinion. Um, it's just something I've been... And maybe it's because I do... Sometimes when I get a trophy and pops up, I'll... I'll either look at it then or then, or then it'll like remind me, like, oh, maybe I should look at the trophy list. And maybe I just shouldn't do that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just think trophies and achievements are sometimes weird because uh, it could take you a hundred hours to get all the trophies for some games, or it could take you six hours to get all the trophies for another game. Like the degrees of difficulty change, and uh, it's just I I don't know. Yeah, I I, I remember thinking that it bothered me. That, I, that there's trophies like that in The Last of Us. But I wanted to play Last of Us in a very specific way, and that was just one single playthrough and to be engrossed by it. So, uh, And I did get that out of that. Um, so I guess it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. But yeah, I just kind of wanted your opinion. I want to hear your thoughts. Um, I, I do, I will say this, I like... The achievement system way better since switching from Xbox to PlayStation. I do enjoy the um, Xbox achievements way more than trophies. Really? Yeah, I, don't, I think it's because like I don't get a lot of silver or gold, or I don't have any platinum trophies on PlayStation. Uh, it, so it makes me feel like a like lesser game player when all I have is like a bunch of bronze trophies when with xbox like i could you know a lot of times i could get you know 800 out of the thousand achievements or 700 out of the thousand points which like that feels much better just knowing that i played a game a lot and got most of the achievement points rather than knowing i played a game and got all of the easy bronze trophies you know Right. It may have no, usually they have nothing to do with you know how good you are at a game, but nonetheless, I you know, it'd be it seems like there's just a lot of bronze trophies that don't offer a lot of point stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like with Xbox One how they've they've made it now. So when you unlock an achievement, there is artwork that can be used then as your background on your Xbox. So. You can unlock the achievement artwork and then make that your background behind your tiles on the Xbox One. So that's pretty cool. There's there's another reward then added to unlocking those achievements, which uh, gives you the art. I don't think Sony trophies have a similar thing unless they've done it recently, do they? No, nothing like that. Yeah, so I, I do like that update uh, on the Xbox One being able to do that and you have the percentage progress so a lot of games will support the ability to let's say you know it's dead rising or whatever it says kill a thousand zombies it has the progression so you can know what's close 
to being unlocked. Oh, yeah. And if you're an achievement hunter, it's actually pretty cool because you can snap the achievement app to the side and see what the next achievements are in the list to go for. So let's say that you really want to just hunt for those achievements. It's really easy to do an Xbox One. And then you can, if you're having problems with an achievement, just highlight it and go to the internet and it'll show you, you know, tips and tricks on how to get those achievements. So it's really built, or they're not built, but it allows you to hunt for achievements in the system, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually really, that's probably the cool, like one of the better features I've heard of is having the progression. Because that's one thing that like, it, it would be much easier for me to like try to, yeah, get some achievements or like see if I'm even close to like trying to platinum a trophy if I could, if I knew where I was at. Uh, and yeah, they don't have like, they don't have that on PlayStation. That would be a really nice feature. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I enjoyed talking about, uh, achievements and trophies. I, I, I'm glad I got to hear your opinion. I would love to hear the opinion of any of our listeners. Yeah. So listeners, what do you think about achievements and trophies? Let us know if do they detract or do they add to the game experience? So after that little discussion, are you ready for our entertaining thoughts for this week? Diving back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Iron Man 3. I'm very excited to talk about this movie. So, let's get into it. Iron Man 3. This is the first movie after the Avengers, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So... Obviously, Tony has some post-traumatic stress, it seems, from the events of the Avengers, right? Yes. So, they're trying to, to tie it all in and deal with that. What, what's your overall thoughts? Give me, give me your overall opinions. Talk about Iron Man 3. Let's, let's see where your thoughts lie. Um, okay, so this... I feel like this movie... like a lot of, There's a lot of parts of this movie that I... Like, this almost would have been my favorite Marvel movie. Like, uh, I mean, besides, like, Avengers. Um, because I really liked the stuff with Tony struggling with uh, stress. And, um, yeah, like, just... He, he has all these freakouts, and he's, you know, uh, building tons of suits. And uh, I thought that was really cool. Like, actually seeing the um you know he's he's a, he's a superhero but he's got flaws and he's having trouble dealing with what he's seeing and he i mean he almost died in avengers we you know uh he kind of comes back to life or you know it seems looks that way almost um so i really like that stuff i really like this i mean the suits are getting cooler and cooler looking <laughs> um and I liked some of the stuff with the storyline, the extremist storyline. Um, I thought the idea of him pushing some guy off to the side, um, you know, 30 years before, and then having to deal with that guy becoming a villain later on, I thought that was kind of a cool storyline. Uh, I liked the, uh, the little scene there with the doctor, uh, what's his name, that saved him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I really liked that callback to yes. the first movie. Um, that was really cool. 
Uh, so I really like that. And then I also really enjoyed... Um, I actually liked the Mandarin stuff. I know that's like a really sour, sour point. Sour point? I don't, I don't know. A lot of people didn't like that. You'll never see me coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I like. So this is a spoiler, definitely a spoiler-ridden episode of about Iron Man three, right? Well, yeah. I mean, we're talking spoilers about Iron Man three, by the way. <laughs> uh, the so I know that Mandarin was actually a real villain in the comics. Mm-hmm. And they made it look that way in the movie. And it looked really cool. He seemed like a really menacing character. I thought it was funny, him turning out to be just some silly actor. Uh, I thought, you know, and I thought um, Ben Kingsley was just like, br- I, I thought it was awesome. I I don't see the problem. Like, I know they've changed a huge part in the comic book universe, but everything's been changed in the movies compared to comic book. Um, that was, I thought that was really interesting and it was a good way to hide the true villain in this movie. Um, cause you didn't necessarily see it coming or, I mean, I think you kind of did, but, um, I don't know. I liked that part of the movie. I thought it was funny. Uh, I, I, you know, I guess poop jokes don't always, uh, um, <laughs> some people don't enjoy them, but I guess I do. So, uh, that was a funny part of the movie for me. So, mm-hmm. all in all, I really liked this movie. Um, some things I didn't like. Um, I didn't like Pepper uh, getting the extremist virus or whatever it was mm-hmm. herself and, like, using it in the end. Like, I, I didn't like that. I, like, I don't... I don't want her to, like, just be, like, the damsel in distress, but I also don't think she's a hero. I think she's well, there just... was a comic line where she was a hero. Oh, really? I think it was something with, and I may be getting this wrong, I think it was Defenders. Because it reminded me in this movie when she got the Iron Man suit of mm-hmm. that, that storyline. Because I believe that was the crux of that was that she got a suit and was like a Defender. Where Tony was an Avenger, she was a Defender. Oh, okay. Um... And I, I mean, I think maybe part of it is, like, I really like Gwyneth Paltrow, but like, I didn't think she looked good in a suit or with powers or anything. I just thought it looked kind of weird. Um, I didn't, so I didn't really enjoy that. Um, and there was something else that kind of threw threw me off a little bit, um, but I can't think of it right now. But yeah, I mean, overall, I really enjoyed this movie. I th- and I think I enjoyed it more than, you know, some of the more critical fans. So, but uh, what what did you think of uh, this movie? And all this movie's got lots of parts. I felt like a lot of different things to it. So, uh, what did you think about it? Yeah. So, like you said, there's a lot of a lot of parts to it. There's a lot of things that fit together as a whole. Very striking uh, off of that. Uh, is the visuals in this movie. When I think about it, I always think of uh, the attack on Malibu Point, where his house is, um, when when that happens, and, you know, he's 
his house falls, he crumbles to the ground under the water, and he's stuck underwater for a few minutes. I always remember that. And then the other scene I always remember from this movie is the Air Force One scene where uh, Air Force One goes down, and then all these people are flying out of the of, of the uh, of the plane, mm-hmm. and then Iron Man goes and saves them. Right? Yeah. That scene I remember uh, watching a feature on where that was pretty when they were doing the, the the part where everybody was falling that was done with as much practical effect as possible like they actually shot people uh skydiving to do okay. that part that's cool that's awesome so that was a pretty cool feature to to kind of see that because and that was a great part of the movie too i mean that was one of those parts where the crescendo of the music and everything builds up and he yeah. goes and he's able to save everybody so those are the two things that usually pop to my mind when i think of this movie the other things that popped in my mind that are on the not so great side are the misuse, I would say, of the extremist uh, storyline. So, with extremists being part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe now, a lot of people could have it, right? So, evidently, Pepper has it by the end of this movie to some extent. Um, who knows however many other people have it that are running around that are threats to everybody. Mm-hmm. And how do you fix that? Because that wasn't really resolved by the end of the movie, right? There were still people that were out there that had it. Because um, at the end of the movie, there was just like this big brawl between all the suits and uh, all these extremist guys that just come out of nowhere. Yeah, that was, yeah. And, I mean... It, so Pepper getting extremist, yeah, that was kind of stupid. I no, that that didn't work for me. Um, another thing that didn't work for me was the how do you how do you what's the best way to put this? The kid storyline, right? Ooh, okay. I I liked the kid acted well. He yeah. acted well with you know being a counterpart to. Robert Downey Jr.'s acting, right? But just, there was that one scene that was just completely ridiculous um, that had to do with, with the kid there. And I think it was just for the kids of the audience to say that they can help. They could be Iron Man's friend, you know? They could mm-hmm. imagine themselves as Iron Man's friend. Was when, I think it's when he's, when he's fighting his way into the Mandarin's base without his gear and is then calling for it like he's got Jarvis you know on Bluetooth or something oh yeah it says power restored yeah and the suit can't get out of the barn yeah (laughs) but the kid has to go open the barn and the suit can get out yeah yeah because the suit can supposedly bust through walls and do anything but yeah it couldn't get through a locked door yeah, I mean, it's it's a wooden barn. It can go through the roof. It can go through the shortest distance. I'm sure there's a window. You don't have to go through the door to get yeah. out. Yeah, stuff like that kind of sticks out. Um, yeah, that was a little weird. I, I do have a little side note, because uh, I just found this out, actually, while reading about this movie more. Um, that kid has signed a three-movie m- deal. Ugh. With Marvel. Like, he, he was fine, right? Yeah. As, as the kid. Yeah. He was okay. 
and like, like I said, he acted well opposite of Robert Downey Jr., but just the storyline for the kid. I mean, he... <laughs> I did like his his uh, little thing where he's like, yo, you're leaving me now too, like my dad, that little sob story yeah, thing. And then yeah. Robert, or uh, Tony just calls him out on it. like, that's nothing, come on. Yeah. And like, oh, okay. I mean, that, that was good. He acted well enough, but I just wish that the story was written better for him and gave him actually something else to do or just gave him those nice points to do, like those those good foil moments, and then stopped. But that, that scene where he has to open the barn for the suit to get out, that just killed me. Yeah, that's uh yeah, stuff like that sticks out when you're you know, breaking the illusion of, you know, this powerful suit. Mm-hmm. And then of course, I mean, you always have to escalate, right? You had the, the Battle of New York and the Avengers now and now you just have to to make things bigger. And since this is Iron Man's individual story, but they still want to make it bigger He's making all these suits, right? It's alluded to at the beginning of the movie where he's he can't sleep, so he's been making. I think it was like forty-seven was the prototype he was on, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think she asks him what he's doing. He's like, "Oh, I'm working on Mark Mark forty-seven. When the last that we know, he was on like Mark five or something. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think in the Avengers he was on eight. Okay. If that might be right, that might be yeah. wrong. I don't know, but. So he's on like forty seven or something now. The one that'll just come to him when he like does you know martial arts moves or whatever Juno moves to to call his pieces to him. Um, and then you see at the at the climax of the movie at the oil rig where he's calling in the house party protocol. I think is when all the all of them come in and then I don't know how many suits are flying around. Probably forty or so, right? Mm-hmm. And there are some really cool ones there. Yeah, uh, like the one that breaks apart. That's kind of really all gold looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy was cool, and then all these other ones. But at that point, then Iron Man doesn't need to be Tony Stark at that point, right? Because he's got an army of suits to do his work for him. Right. He doesn't have to be doing anything. He doesn't have to be in the suit in the suit which there's that one scene where i think he goes and saves um someone and he's hit by a truck and it's just an empty suit Mm. so and the suit just falls apart and you're like oh what and he wasn't even in it so whatever so now he could literally have jarvis control this army of suits which may be where he gets the you know the ultron idea from right that's that's the one thing i'll say about that is that i think maybe this the fact like the ridiculousness of having that many suits and it being controlled by Jarvis turns into the problem, like the crazy problems they have with an Ultron. Yeah. So I, I do think that this movie, after watching Avengers Age of Ultron, I'll probably go back and watch it again just to pick up on the seeds that were, pl- that were planted with it that maybe make this movie better in my opinion. But yeah. Um, that's like the trailer for Age of Ultron, where you see all the Ultron robots coming at him. That reminds me. It looks yeah, very similar to this. Yeah. yeah. So and there there were a lot of cool suits though. Like there was like that a precursor probably to the Hulkbuster suit. Yeah. The the, big the one. Eeyore one, I think they yeah. call him. Yeah. Or that all it did was just go and hold a a, a platform up, I think. Um, but it was cool. I wanted to see it do more. Like you know, it was a big part of the trailer. I remember it was. Uh, busting its way through stuff to get to the place. But, and then at the end of the movie, so they have the, everything has to be wrapped up with a nice little bow, it seems, with this movie. 
and Iron Man gets it gets the arc reactor taken out of his chest. That's to my knowledge, and I haven't been reading all the new Iron Man comics, but to my knowledge, that hasn't been done in the comics where he gets that removed from his chest. Because mm-hmm. he's he's gotten to a point where I think he dealt with it in the last one, where he was he wasn't being poisoned anymore, and his his arc reactor is doing everything fine now. And I want to see how they how they continue on with Age of Ultron in this story. I want to see since he doesn't have the arc reactor anymore, what that actually means. Because at this point, he doesn't have to be in the movies at all. Uh, Tony Stark doesn't, you know. Because, A, he doesn't have to be in a suit, and B, now all he has to do is just make the suits and Jarvis can fly him around. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, that, I mean, that is, I think it's the first thought that comes to mind, but at the same time, uh, being able to fight or being a good superhero includes all of the human interaction of of him actually being in the suit, I think. Um, and maybe that'll also become... Maybe the, I, I could see them expanding on that a little bit. Like I could see how he would try maybe just using the suits as his weapon from home. Uh, but maybe it wouldn't work out so well because he just can't control them the same as he would... If he was just there himself. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention the Jarvis and Ultron stuff that will probably be happening. Yeah. Um, but I mean, at the same time for me, not reading comics, not like, why wouldn't he take that? I mean, yeah, you're, he, he solved the solution and it's not poisoning him anymore. But at the same time, if he's a ridiculous genius... You would think he would have metal shards pulled out of his heart so he doesn't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah, I mean, how many years has it been and he's just now finally doing it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and when you say that, you know, if, they've, if they haven't done that in the comics, to think that it's been 30, 40 years of comics or whatever, I don't, you know, I don't know how long Iron Man's been around, but, like, for him to have never taken care of the original issue for making the arc reactor mm-hmm. seems kind of silly um but i think it'll be interesting to see how they how he is still iron man if he if it's not literally part of him anymore yeah and i mean so i guess in iron man 2 he built the arc reactor into the suit for roadie or the the suit that roadie took i should say um and you know in in this one they rebranded him as iron patriot that should be mentioned yeah. Obviously, I'm not a huge fan of the Iron Patriot. I'm more of a fan of War Machine, but yeah, I I I 100 with you there. I think War Machine's a very and his suit. Even his, I liked his suit better. Like I get it, you know, because he's in the army. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that sounds like a a thing that would be actually done though? <laughs> it it <laughs> is, is that they rebrand something as from War Machine to Iron Patriot. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Uh, I I do I really like Don Cheadle as. Uh, as the Iron Patriot or War Machine, whatever you want to call him. Oh yeah, he's he's great uh, in the movie. Yeah. Um, you know who else is actually pretty good in this movie? He doesn't have a big role, but I, I liked his role that he had. Uh, was at the beginning, um, happy. You know, he was in the yeah. movie. He's always like checking yeah. for the badges, and he had the phone call. He had the, he had the Skype conversation. He was like, uh, "Oh, is this forehead a security?" Because he had the Skype thing up at his yeah. forehead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and he was like, he couldn't figure out how to turn around to show him the, the thing. <laughs> he's yeah. like, "Look, look, I'm looking at you." 
Yeah, I really liked that. Yeah, it, it like you know when you look at how good Iron Man is with everything electronics and Happy can can't use a uh, Skype call. Um, uh-huh. I really like that, I, and I'm glad that he was in the movie. This is the first Iron Man movie that John Favreau didn't direct. Yep. So and he was still in it, so I'm glad you know. Yeah, so I mean, my my opinion of the movie as a whole is it's it's. It's okay, right? Um, and we'll. I would let, as the weeks progress and we start to talk about other movies in phase two. I kind of want to give some more thoughts because I don't want to spoil my my thoughts right now. But this movie and Iron Man, or I'm sorry, this movie and Thor two actually share a, a couple threads. I think that that Cap and Guardians don't have. So that I'll just leave that for, with oh, there for okay. now. But uh, this movie, you know, I like to talk about scores. Mm-hmm. This has a really good score. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and it felt, you know, appropriate at all points to the to the movie. And it's a good thing to be able to sit and watch. Or not sit and watch, but be able to listen to, like, when you're driving or working or things like that. Uh, it's, of the Iron Man soundtracks, I don't know. It's probably my favorite of the Iron Man soundtrack oh. or scores. Well, that's that's uh, good news, considering <laughs> yeah. that he uh, Brian Tyler is also doing Age of Ultron. No, no. <laughs> Danny Elfman is doing Age of Ultron. Oh, dang. Okay, <laughs> I don't know why where I got that from. Then I don't know where I heard that from. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Danny Elfman's doing Age of Ultron anyway, because I remember that being a thing that I noticed on a poster that was released before it was officially announced that he was doing the track. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm actually looking. It looks like they're both credited right now. Huh. So that's, Maybe they're doing that, a dual thing. Yeah, that's weird that they would do that, though, so I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, maybe one of them did, like, a trailer, but Danny Elfman actually did the movie or something. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the score. I thought it was really good, appropriately mixed in with the film. But I just want to ask you a question. And I'll ask this of the listeners as well. In this movie, do you think Pepper should have died? Oh, that's a hard one. Um... Okay, so I'll say, for me personally, because I I kind of like dark movies, um, I do think that would have been like a really climactic end to this movie, um, and it would have been interesting to watch Tony react to that, like in the forecoming movies. Mm-hmm. But that would also turn him into a really dark character, I think. Or his... I mean, he was already suffering from, you know, PTSD from, you know, seeing aliens and fighting aliens. I think that uh, you would see him in a much darker, darker spot, you know. If they were going to do some sort of, like, another Iron Man movie where he was dealing with... uh, If you... Like, if they actually showed him dealing with alcoholism and other stuff like that it would work but i think within the marvel cinematic universe that would never really work mm-hmm. yeah so i mean in this movie 
I think that it, you know, they did, they did the whole fake out where she fell into the fire and you don't see her for a few minutes, right? And then yeah. she comes in and saves Tony. I really think that to make an impact on Tony, it might have been better for her to die at that point. Instead, she becomes a superhero. So we'll have to see how that all plays out. But Yeah. Well, well I think they hinted at, or he mentions like that, that he'll probably be able to fix her. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's the whole wrap everything up in a little bow thing, right? Where everything, at the end of the movie, he's doing his little monologue, and I fixed this, and I did this, and I'll rebuild. Yeah. And I think the novelization ended on a better line. He said, I am Tony, or he said, I am Iron Man, right? At the end. Yeah. And I think that he should have done where he says, I am Tony Stark. Okay, yeah. Um, him kind of separating himself from the hero? Well, not necessarily separating himself from the hero, but, I mean, him being Tony Stark, he created Iron Man. He created, you know, a lot of things with the Stark Industries and everything. And, obviously, now he's got all these suits, war machines out there. And in the context with what he was saying, that he is... At the end of Iron Man 1, he ended by saying that he was Iron Man, right? But during the movie, he kind of had the thing where he is a suit. The suit is part of him. So if he would say, I am Tony Stark at the end instead of I am Iron Man, it would make sense because he has the house protocol, right, where all those suits are destroyed. Because he he can then separate himself again from being Iron Man. Because this whole movie, he's he is the suit, right? Does the suit make the man or does he make the suit? So him saying, I am Iron Man differentiates himself and separates himself from the suit. But he's, we all know that he still is Iron Man, but he, the man within is the man that counts because he is Tony Stark. Yeah. It's very true. Uh, yeah. The, the hero is Tony Stark, not, not this, uh, you know, portrayal of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention, you know, and everything else he's done with his smarts as, uh, Tony Stark, you know, that he does for the world and, uh, you know, I imagine how he'll solve some of the problems in Ultron. So I think, I think over like this movie is just, it brings up a lot of points that I feel like will be explored in, in Ultron more than any of the other, yeah, really more than any of the other, um, Phase two movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'll be a a good lead in for the film, obviously, but that could be said for for the all the rest of the movies that we're going to discuss too. They all have probably a, a lead in role to, yeah. to play. Well, in like a yeah, yeah, I think so. yeah, that's very true. But yeah, it just with knowing what that it's all trying. It's this movie stands out more than the others as a more of a prequel than anything else, but... Mm-hmm. And you know what would be interesting in this movie? So, uh, the vice president was in a coup against the president, right? In this yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. What we find out in a couple weeks, I wonder if uh, he was part of a certain organization that will be uncovered in Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. Kind of, uh, yeah. That those things are going both going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
which would be interest. It would be like an interesting idea when you, because it's kind of it is a little weird having, especially Iron Man and Captain America because they're on the same planet, mm-hmm. and for them to have their individual movies and have like these huge problems, but them to just not interfere with each other, like it does seem a little bit weird. Yeah. Um. But uh, if you start to think about well, like maybe they have. They they each do have their own problems to deal with, like that. There's just you know all these problems going on on Earth, and they each take care of their own. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes more sense, but yeah, I mean, obviously Thor, he's in a different world. He doesn't really care much about what's happening here, unless you know Natalie Portman's character is involved. Yeah, and then uh, Iron Man, he obviously has his own storylines. He he probably he's not as integral to the uh the avengers organization anyway he's more of a consultant right <laughs> so yeah he kind of does his own thing but it was a uh, overall iron man 3 was a good movie recommendable uh, a good start to phase two to, to see everything the repercussions from what happens with the avengers but it'll be interesting next week when we get into thor 2 the dark world uh to see how that expands on the legacy as well yeah and uh yeah we will be doing that next week. So, do you want to give your current Marvel ranking? Oh, okay. This list is starting to get long. <laughs> um, let's see. So, uh, now I don't. How about you go first? Because I'm going to think about this for a second. Okay. So, I'll give my favorite Iron Man. Second favorite, Iron Man 2. Wait, no. Hold on. I forgot. The Avengers. So, The Avengers, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Captain America, Iron Man 3, Thor, and then The Hulk. I think that's all of them, right? Yes, that would be all of them. Okay, so uh, and the, this list may change week to week. Honestly, I should I, I should have probably been writing I, them I, down. I just realized I, I think I need to put this in writing because I, I probably have switched around some of those those roles. But yeah, I'll I'll make a list. I'll listen back to the last episode where we talked the Avengers, and then I'll make sure my list is accurate. But uh, but yeah, that's that I think is my my list. So this is kind of middle of the road for me. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, I, I actually, yeah, it is for me too, but my, my list is just a little bit different. Um, Avengers, uh, Iron Man 2, Captain America, uh, and then I'll go Iron Man 3, and then Iron Man, and then Thor and Hulk. Um, cause yeah, the first, the first Iron Man, as big as it was for me being the first big superhero movie that I enjoyed uh, I, I I think I overall enjoyed Iron Man 3 more if I was yeah. to sit down if I sit down and watch both of them right now I enjoy Iron Man 3 more so yeah um, and in this movie like you said the whole Mandarin thing was interesting but I, I too liked Ben Kingsley's portrayal of Moon he was actually the Mandarin and then I thought was funny when he became like Trevor uh, the the actor yeah um, but there was a tie in 
and I don't know if it was on the Blu-ray for this or on the one for on the Blu-ray for Captain America or Thor 2, but there was a Marvel one-shot called All Hail the King, which was someone going into the, the prison to interview Ben Kingsley's Mandarin character. And he was a representative of the Ten Rings, and he was supposed to, you know, the, the Mandarin was displeased by what he did. So the real Mandarin may still actually be out there, uh, according to that one shot. So if you haven't seen All Hail the King, I, I recommend you watch it. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. So for this week, we are still giving away the entertaining code for Expendables 3. All you gotta do to enter to get the code for the uh, Expendables 3 theatrical release is follow at EntertainingPod on Twitter. Tweet EntertainingPod with the hashtag EntertainingCode and say whatever you want. Yay! <laughs> Anything you want. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then we have that question for the listeners uh, that we had earlier. Do you think Pepper should have died? Uh, let us know. Plus, also, what do you think about the trophies and achievements in the game? Do they enhance or uh, detract from the experience? As well, we always welcome reviews on iTunes and Stitcher, or you can catch us on pod feeds there. Uh, please feel free to leave us reviews. We would like to hear from you and uh, be able to provide a quality show. But we don't know if we're providing a quality show unless you let us know uh, where we can improve or what you like. So let us know on iTunes or Stitcher Reviews. As mentioned, you can follow us on Twitter at EntertainingPod. You can send us an email at thatsentertaining at gmail.com. Justin is on Twitter. Yep, you can find me at jpicky86, uh, J-P-I-C-K-Y 86. And you can find me at Sith. Nightmare. S-I-T-H-K-N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-E. And that'll do it for us this week here at That's Entertaining. We thank you for listening, and we hope that you have been entertained. <laughs>